From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up on this Thursday edition, Senate Democrats failed last night in their attempt to overturn the U.S. Senate's longstanding legislative filibuster. Last night, the fake panic drove 48 Senate Democrats to walk the plank on a failed effort to shatter the Senate itself for short-term power. That was Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell earlier today. What does this mean for President Biden and the Democrats that have been unable to advance their agenda that includes federalizing elections? We'll talk about it later here on Washington Watch. And yesterday at his press event, President Biden provided an example of why words matter. Russia will be held accountable if it invades, and it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, etc. What does a minor incursion mean? That's what a lot of folks are asking today. We'll talk with Texas Congressman Pat Fallon, a member of the House Armed Services Committee, later on Washington Watch. While the Biden administration is doubling down on their COVID mandates, despite the science, the UK and other European countries are adopting a new strategy. It's called In advance of that, we will set out our long-term strategy for living with COVID-19, explaining how we hope and intend to protect our liberty and avoid restrictions in future. That was UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson yesterday. Johnson also said mass mandates were ending in the UK. Is it time for the U.S. to follow suit and the science? We'll talk with Dr. Jay Bhattacharya of Stanford University. Yesterday, we talked about the alarming rate of Christian persecution around the globe with Dr. David Curry of Open Doors USA. Unfortunately, we do not see that type of persecution here in the United States. But what are the precursors to outright persecution? Are efforts to silence and the labeling of biblical teaching as hate speech warning signs? If so, it's here. Shockingly, West Lafayette, Indiana, is attempting to make biblical counseling as it pertains to human sexuality, a crime. We'll get the facts from Pastor Steve Viers of Faith Church in West Lafayette, Indiana. Also talk with Dr. Al Mohler, president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, about this growing hostility to biblical truth and how pastors and Christians should prepare and respond. The website, TonyPerkins.com, it's all archived there. If you miss anything, you can find it later, plus uh, past programs, TonyPerkins.com. If you're a part of our daily Bible reading, it's a two-year journey through the Bible. Stand on the Word today. Our verse comes from Genesis 45. It's verse 5. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves, Joseph told, to, told his brothers, because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. Joseph, sold into slavery by his brothers, had forgiven them, and as a result, he saw God's purpose for his life. You know, we can't grab a hold of what God has for us if we're holding on to past hurts and disappointments. We must forgive. To find out more about how you can be a part of our Bible reading plan, go to frc.org slash Bible. After President Biden went nearly 80 days without a press conference, members of the press yesterday were eager to finally have a crack at the president. And in some ways, the president didn't disappoint, offering some lines that won't soon be forgotten. Among them, a statement that effectively gave Russian President Vladimir Putin permission to make a minor incursion into Ukraine. Russia will be held accountable if it invades. And it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion 
incursion and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, etc. Are you saying that a minor incursion by Russia into Ukrainian territory would not lead to the sanctions that you have threatened? Or are you effectively giving Putin permission to make a small incursion into the country? <laughs> Good question. Um, so it did sound like, didn't it? Joining me now to talk about uh, the president's remarks yesterday and more is U.S. Congressman Pat Fallon, who serves as the uh, serves on the House Armed Services Committee and uh, also on the Oversight Committee. He represents the fourth congressional district of Texas. Congressman, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Tony. I appreciate it. God bless. So let me ask you this question, Congressman. What is a minor incursion? You know, that's what I'm sure Vladimir Putin is wondering, too, is seizing the Crimea which he did in 2014, is that a minor incursion? Is stealing a few provinces from Georgia, which he did in 2008, is that a minor incursion? And maybe Putin thinks that if he just takes, you know, a third of the Ukraine, takes the eastern Ukraine, maybe that's a minor incursion and that'll be okay with Joe Biden. That was a, a, a complete and utter disastrous press conference in many ways, but that was probably the biggest mistake and that may be the one that'll go down in history. Well, speaking of Russia, it was recently announced that they will be hosting joint naval exercises with China and Iran. What do we know about that, and, and what are your thoughts? Well, that's the biggest concern we have, you know, on the Armed Services Committee, Tony, is what if, you know, the, the nightmare scenarios, if the Chinese communists were to cross uh, over and try to invade Taiwan synchronously with Russia attacking Ukraine, what would be the United States' response? And Joe Biden has not signaled strength. Let's be very honest about it. This shouldn't be a partisan issue. This is an American issue. If he had signaled strength, I don't think that we'd be having this conversation right now. But when you signal weakness and wokeness, you don't know. All bets are off. You saw the disaster in Afghanistan. It was an absolute catastrophe. And I find it interesting that the Chinese were not you know, uh, they, they weren't taking their saber and rattling it under the four years of President Trump, nor was Putin. And that is very telling. Yeah, we were just discussing yesterday uh, the uh, Open Doors USA, their annual report on religious persecution. The persecution of Christians is where they focus. And for the first time uh, in a long time, North Korea was bumped from its number one position and replaced by Afghanistan. Afghanistan now being the most dangerous place in the world to be a Christian. You cannot decouple that from U.S. foreign policy. No, there's no doubt. And I, in fact, I asked uh, Tony, uh, Secretary Austin and General Milley directly at an Armed Services Committee meeting, could they guarantee the American people that there were 5,000 scumbag prisoners being held at Bagram. And when the, uh, Biden made the decision to draw down from 2,500 troops to 600, the military told him they couldn't hold Bagram, the embassy, and Kabul airport, uh, so they abandoned Bagram. Those 5,000 prisoners were there. Uh, they escaped soon thereafter. And I asked, can you guarantee the American people that none of those 5,000 were part of the murder of 13 of our service members? And they could not. And then I also asked, could you guarantee the American people that those 5,000 weren't part of the 70,000, most of which we didn't know who they were, that came to the United States? And they said they could not. That's what we're talking about here. And elections have consequences. And this, is a, this has been just a disaster on the domestic front and internationally. Pat, I want to go back to the president's press conference yesterday. Another remark that he made that's gotten some attention. Uh, this is uh, play clip number four of the president, please. Look, I didn't overpromise. And but I have probably uh, outperformed what anybody thought would happen. The fact of the matter is that uh, 
we're in a situation where uh, we have made enormous progress. Is the president dwelling in a parallel political universe? <laughs> Tony, that is just sheer and utter delusion. I mean, he's tried to inject roughly, well, if he had his way, about $6 trillion into the economy. And all it did was create the, the greatest in, uh, rise of inflation we've seen in 40 years. Not since 1981 have we seen this kind of inflation. And I doubt the number seven, the 7% 7 number is accurate when you consider, you know, that fuel's up 50%, home heating is up 30%, used cars up 25%, foodstuffs and meat about 15 to 20%, homes 13 to 30%. So it's been, again, I keep saying catastrophe and disaster, but that's what's happened here. We have a supply chain uh, crunch. We have a labor shortage and our economy's not growing. The jobs numbers in uh, December missed the mark by 56%. And that's what you're seeing. You saw the results of the American people really thought in November and the elections in New Jersey and Virginia and some of the special elections across the country. And you're seeing it now in the polls. And I think in November, we're not going to have a red wave. We're going to have a red tsunami. Uh, Congressman Fallon, here, here's a clip of uh, the president responding to a question about the midterm elections and whether or not he thought they would be illegitimate if states have their way. I'm not saying it's going to be legit. It's the increase in the prospect of being illegitimate is in direct proportion to us not being able to get these, these reforms passed. So what he's telling the American people, if the Democrats can't federalize the elections, then the outcome is not legitimate? Yeah, that's, that's what they're saying. And of course, every time they don't get their way with, you know, horrible pieces of legislation like H.R. 1 and H.R. 4, and then their attempt uh, to stuff a, a bill that was pretty innocuous about NASA and adding that and trying to put those bills and, you know, resuscitate them through that uh, trick, it's unbelievable that they would say that you're trying to save democracy. First of all, we're a representative republic, and you don't save democracy by putting your thumb on the scale and taking the state's rights away. By the way, their constitutional rights to run the elections as they see fit and have the DOJ over, you become an overlord, where if you just make a minor change, they you need their approval. You want felons to vote immediately upon release from prison. That's unconstitutional. That violates the 14th Amendment, Section 2. And you want to eviscerate voter ID have universal mail-in ballots, and then force the Treasury to give any donation of $200 or less is matched by the U.S. taxpayer times six. This is absurd. This is something that uh, it's going to, if it passed, Tony, that would threaten our representative republic. Uh, agreed. It failed last night in the Senate. Then there was an attempt to change the filibuster rules. We had a filibuster in the Senate since the very beginning of the Senate. That failed when two Democrats uh, said, no, we're not changing the rules. Uh, Christian Cinema and, um, and uh, our friend from uh, West Virginia. Um, the question here, you've had Chuck Schumer for the last year using this threat of nuking the filibuster as kind of a saber-rattling, threatening Republicans. He's now lost that. Did Chuck Schumer overstep last night? There's no doubt about it. It was a huge tactical and strategic error. And I find it interesting because I did a, an interview about three days ago and found a quote from 2005 by none other than Chuck Schumer saying that if the filibuster was removed, it would threaten our democracy. So which is it, Chuck? You know, clearly it's uh, he has principles of convenience where when the filibuster protects his interests and his worldview, it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But when it 
stalls his agenda, it's destroying democracy. That's very inconsistent. And of course, we know he's either lying in 05 or he's lying now. Yeah, I think um, strategically for the Democrats, that was a, a really bad move last night. I think Mitch McConnell is the winner there. I, I, say that I saw this as a, uh, a massive game of political chicken, and uh, Chuck Schumer's left with nothing but feathers because I think he no longer has that threat over the head of Republicans. And I think now you, you will see Mitch McConnell be able to stand up to pretty much every agenda item of this administration. Yeah, you know, with uh, with Joe Manchin, you know, he's from a very red state. And, you know, there's talk of him maybe running for governor, going back and running for governor. I don't know exactly what he wants to do, but that's certainly a possibility. And if he were to bow to all of the left's agenda, he would have absolutely no chance. He'd have a snowball's chance in Hades if he did that. So um, cinema is a surprise, quite frankly, and we're very fortunate. But I think what we're going to see in November is a repeat of what we just saw in, in you know, a few months back, where there's going to be a swing of about 12 to 16 percentage points. And Democrats, there's a lot of seats, Tony, that are plus four, Democrat plus six, plus eight. And those are going to, they're going to, be, they're going to be lost. And I think we could pick up as many as 50 seats. I'm not saying we will. There's a long time between now and then. Right. But if, if you know, uh, Leader McCarthy was asked the other day, if he had three wishes, what would they be? And he said, that the election is today, the election is today, and the election is today. Very true, because in politics, a day is a lifetime and a lifetime a day. Congressman uh, Fallon, great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you, Tony. God bless you. All right, you too. Folks, stick with us. We're coming back on the other side of the break to talk about how the U.K. is picking up Plan B on COVID. That's next. Don't go away. Are you struggling to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading with an intentional focus of diving deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues. By studying the Bible, we can see the grandeur of God unfold throughout the past. The Stand on the Word reading plan takes you through daily scripture in an engaging manner to help you stay grounded in God's truth. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you every Sunday with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible. With the current division and confusion of our culture, it is so important for Christians to root ourselves in the truth of God's Word so that we are prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have. For this purpose, Family Research Council launched the Center for Biblical Worldview. The Center applies the Bible and the historical teachings of the Church to current issues. This helps Christians understand and live by a biblical worldview, know why Scripture must be authoritative, and equips believers to advance and defend the faith in workplaces, schools, communities, and the public square. The experts at the center address and provide resources on issues like religious liberty, abortion, voting, marriage, and sexuality. To access free resources like the Biblical Worldview series, go to frc.org worldview. To get highlights of the latest work of the Worldview Fellows, including blogs, interviews, and publications, Sign up at frc.org slash subscriptions. 
At Family Research Council, it is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, we've decided to be proactive to make sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. That is why we've created a tech subscription platform. If we get canceled, you can stay informed and still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts, and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742, and you will get special alerts on the biggest stories of the day. You can stay informed with just a simple text. We want you to be able to stay connected with like-minded community and to always have access to our content. Stay connected and informed. Just text STAND to 67742. To Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. So good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Also, tomorrow we have uh, our Pro Life Con. You want to tune in for that? Find out more, go to FRC.org. All right, starting next week, people in England will no longer be required to wear face masks, nor will they be required to work from home. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson told members of Parliament yesterday that in light of the data, I guess that would be the science. The country's Plan B COVID restrictions will expire next Thursday, January the 27th, and that the government will trust the judgment of the British people. What a novel idea. And the U.K. is not alone. Other countries such as Spain, Portugal, and uh, others are looking to switch to a different COVID-19 game plan, which means freedom. Will more follow suit? What about the U.S.? Here to talk about the direction other countries are headed is Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, who is the professor of medicine at Stanford University and one of the authors of the Great Barrington Declaration, a statement advocating an alternative approach to COVID-19 pandemic. Dr. Bhattacharya, welcome back to the program. Thank you. All right. um, Can you tell us about some of the approaches to COVID that internationally that we're seeing now that are catching your attention? Well, the, the, the news out of the UK is absolutely stunning. Uh, essentially, what, what's happened is that they have realized that all of these policies that are aimed at slowing the spread of COVID have failed. Uh, that, in fact, COVID is a respiratory disease that is, that is uh, spreads very rapidly, despite our best efforts to keep people apart from one another. Uh, it spreads, especially with Omicron uh, in particular, uh, it spreads. And uh, as and the right response then isn't to try to, to you know stick your finger in the dike when the when the, the flood is coming over the right thing is to protect vulnerable people while letting people who are at low risk from severe disease from covid which is basically most of the population other than the elderly and some folks with chronic diseases um, to let, just go on with their lives um, while still working to protect the vulnerable Dr. Bharatradia, it, it appears that the U.S. is taking a different approach, while other countries, and Boris, Yelton, Yelton, uh, Boris Johnson, rather, in his comments yesterday, said we're going to allow the Ameri- or we'll allow the British people freedom. Uh, we'll expect them to be personally responsible, but we're going to move toward greater liberty and protecting that going forward with policies. Here's a clip from uh, President Biden yesterday at the press conference uh, when he was asked about a changing definition of fully vaccinated. Even some of your own medical advisors say that people aren't fully protected unless they have that third shot, yeah. a booster. Why hasn't 
this White House changed the definition of fully vaccinated to include that third booster shot? Is it because the numbers of fully vaccinated Americans would suddenly look a lot less? No, impressive? it's not that at all. It's just, it's just this, is, this has become clear and clear. And every time I speak of it, I say, if you've been vaccinated, get your booster shot. Everybody get the booster shot. It's the, ob the optimum protection you can have. Is that what the science tells us? Well, let me just say, I think uh, it's no, more than just a medical question here. The, uh, the, the, the whether you're fully vaccinated is now linked in many states uh, to mandate policies that, that you have to be fully vaccinated in order to have keep your job, in order to be able to go to restaurants, to museums, to libraries. Uh, a, a lot of states and cities have implemented uh, policies that essentially make people that are not fully vaccinated second-class citizens. To then turn around and say, okay, you have to get the booster to get this, essentially creates out of whole, uh, instantaneously with a snap of a finger a large class of people yeah, based on the policies that the Biden administration has pushed to turn into, turn into second-class citizens. So I think it's more than simply just a medical question. Did he I answer think, that question, though, yesterday? I, I listened to the press conference, and I wasn't sure that we got a clear answer from the administration if they're going to change the definition. No, they didn't. They did. They didn't give a clear answer. Um, the, the 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 protection that Omicron that the booster provides against Omicron is less than the protection that it provided against Delta. Now, I do believe that there are people for whom the booster is the right medical decision. Right. And and so for that, I think. I mean, I, I don't have any. Uh, you know, I don't take any. You know, uh, I'm, I'm fine with what President Biden said around that. Uh, but I think. The key question that he got, he was asked, what is the definition of fully vaccinated? He did not answer. And it's because it's not simply a medical question. And by evading it, he evaded the central issue. Why are we still having these policies, these mandate policies that keep people out of regular life? It doesn't make any sense. It's just created harm well, without actually advancing public health. Especially when you see European countries that, you know, historically haven't been so protective of individual freedom as the United States have. It seems like it's it's like upside down. Yeah, I mean, there are still some countries in Europe that are still have these, you know, like Austria. And uh, Austria actually put a, made a policy where you were, if you were unvaccinated, you weren't even allowed to leave your house for a while. It was it was a, it was a crazy policy. But much of Europe is starting to open up, um, especially the UK is leading the way. Uh, and there's no reason the United States shouldn't be leading. And of course, there are states in the United States, uh, you know, Florida, Nebraska, a few other, uh, a few other states that, are, and Virginia, most recently, that are starting to open up and lead and, and lead the way out of this pandemic. Um, but the, the the federal government has has played a very uh, has continued along this sort of failed strategy to try to stop the disease from spreading, at great harm to the American population. Uh, Dr. Bharacharya, there's a, a study that came out from a U.S. study, I think it was connected with the CDC, uh, showing that previous infection of COVID-19 was actually better protection against the Delta variant, which was a, a very significant variant, than those who were vaccinated alone. Are we going to see the CDC start to factor natural immunity into their equation? I would hope so, because the evidence, the scientific evidence on this is absolutely overwhelming. If you recovered from previous infection, you have very substantial protection, both against reinfection and also against severe disease. Um, and uh, yet we've ignored that fact. Even in the press release around this study published by the CDC, you could see how 
uh, reticent the CDC and public health folks were, were to acknowledge this basic fact, because they're afraid that if you realize that, that you might not want to get vaccinated. Well, I believe that the right way to tell people about scientific evidence is to tell people this, about the scientific evidence. <laughs> yeah. Don't use it to manipulate people. Um, to treat them like adults, give them the facts, let them make the decisions. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think what's but you continuing to see the CDC use science in service of a, of, a, of an agenda that they have about of, of whether it's vaccination or the social distancing or whatnot. Uh, the goal is, shouldn't be to manipulate people to do what you want them to do. The goal should be to provide people with good evidence so they can make good decisions in their lives. Because that will have long-term repercussions way beyond when we have forgotten about COVID, that will uh, still be around. Absolutely. I mean, trust, public trust once lost is almost impossible to get back. And public health relies on public yes, trust. You're right. Dr. Barachati, we've got to leave it there. Thanks so much for joining us. Always great to talk with you. Thank you. All right. Folks, coming up next, um, a direct attack on religious freedom in the United States. We talk about it next. What is religious liberty and why should you care about it? Simply put, religious liberty is the freedom to choose your religious beliefs and to live according to those beliefs. Why should we care about this freedom? At Family Research Council, we care about religious freedom because we believe that it is an inherent human right that all governments have an obligation to protect. Tragically, not all governments do. Religious persecution is a tragic reality around the world that is not often acknowledged by the media even though attacks on people of all faiths continue to increase globally. In Scripture, God calls Christians to pray and care for the persecuted church, the downtrodden, and those who cannot help themselves. Therefore, we must be advocates for those persecuted for their faith. To access Family Research Council's latest resources and to learn more about religious freedom and what you can do to help the persecuted, go to frc.org slash religious liberty. Do you want to be able to stay up to date on conservative news? Are you looking for Christian resources to help you stay politically engaged? Then download Family Research Council's Stand Firm app. With all of our content available at your fingertips, you will conveniently be able to stay up to date throughout your busy day. The Stand Firm app will give you access to a variety of resources, such as our most recent episodes of Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, tweets, and other social media posts, and our latest blogs, updates, and publications. Additionally, you will have the opportunity to take action and make your voice heard by contacting your elected officials on the issues that most concern you. Visit the App Store on your smartphone or mobile device and search Stand Firm to download Family Research Council's official Stand Firm app. You're listening to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. So good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Lots of resources there for you on the website. Now, you may have come across some of the uh, the following international news stories. A Christian parliamentarian in Finland uh, who actually will be on trial next week who could be jailed for six years for tweeting a Bible verse from Romans on homosexuality. A new law in Canada that just took effect uh, on the 7th of this month that could result in a two to five year jail sentence for anyone who says something that is deemed to repress or reduce 
non-heterosexual attraction or sexual behavior. If you think these sorts of incidents won't find their way into the United States, well, you would be mistaken. It's here. Uh, Joining us now to tell us about a looming threat in his community in Indiana, of all places in Indiana, is Dr. Steve Byers. He is a senior pastor of Faith Church in West Lafayette, Indiana. Uh, Pastor Steve, welcome to Washington Watch. Thank you very much, Tony. Now, uh, first, tell us about your biblically-based counseling ministry that your church has had, if I'm not mistaken, for about 45 years. That's right. My predecessor, Bill Good, our senior pastor and a medical doctor, started a biblical counseling center for people in our community. We just want to show love to people in our town. So if there are people struggling with their marriages or family issues or finances or anger, worry, fear, depression, whatever it might be, we've just trained people in our congregation to open the Word of God to help people and just try to lovingly come alongside them and show them what the gospel says about such matters. Now, all these years later, we have 32 uh, men and women, number of physicians, number of university professors, pastors, godly men and women. We come together every Monday and we offer 60 to 80 hours of biblical counseling services free of charge to anybody who voluntarily wants to come in. We're very clear about what we believe, so it's called Faith Biblical Counseling Ministries. Um, every person who comes is asked to sign a form that says, I understand that the counsel I'm about to receive is based on the counselor's interpretation of the Bible. Our counselees are told that if at any point you're uncomfortable, please just raise your hand and we will immediately stop talking because we, we don't believe in coercion. Tony, it's been so popular in our community that um, even though we have 32 people doing this, um, we can't get ahead of the waiting list. We've always had a waiting list, and we've never advertised. But we're just trying to show love to our community by lovingly sitting down and talking with people if they would like to hear what the Scripture says. Well, Pastor Steve, having served as a pastor and, and having a counseling ministry in our church, uh, there's a lot of hurting people, and counseling can become very costly. This is a, a Bible-based uh, approach to counseling, which most pastors do. There are some that are actually trained and licensed, but most are non-licensed counselors that simply share with people what the Scripture has, because as believers, we believe that the Bible has the answers to life, and so we uh-huh. walk people through that. That now is in jeopardy in West Lafayette, Indiana. Explain yeah. why. Well, a number of conversion therapy bans have been passed throughout the United States. Now, now hold, let, me, let me stop you right there. Let's explain that, uh, what, what this is, is these conversion bans. Now, this is, because uh, there's been some terminology changed here over the years. We're talking about you and your counselors. If someone comes in is struggling with um, uh, sexual uh, attraction, same-sex attractions, uh, or gender dysphoria, you're just kind of walking through what the Scripture has to say. It's called talk counseling. I mean, you're just kind of walking them through. But that's caught up into this new definition that they have there in, in uh, West Lafayette, is it not? And in a number of places. They're using the term conversion therapy. We, we have never practiced conversion therapy. It was um, initiated by the secular community. It's barbaric. It's rank behaviorism. We would never do that. But Tony, that's part of the trick here. That's why it's so important for listeners to carefully read the definitions because it's deceptive. Because the term conversion therapy, that's the dog whistle. But then if you look at our ordinance that's being proposed by our city council and many others, 
they've widely broadened the definition that would certainly include a parent, a small group leader, a pastor, a biblical counselor, simply showing a minor what God's word has to say about human sexuality. And in our case, the city government is threatening to fine us $1,000 a day if we would dare show a minor what the word of God has to say about these matters. Now, as I read the ordinance, I was introduced back uh, around, I think, in November, again in December, and it's coming up again, if I'm not mistaken, in February, is it not? That's true. Yes, it is. I've read the the ordinance, and it's different than what we've seen in other jurisdictions around the, the country that banned licensed counselors. This is unlicensed, specifically going after churches, because they're really the only ones out there, the unlicensed, that uh, are counseling from a biblical perspective. As I read it, you could be in violation of this simply by preaching or by teaching a Bible study. Well, or even being a parent who has a child who asks you a question about human sexuality and you, because what's interesting, if you read the definition of counseling in this ordinance, a parent does that each and every day. And so this is extremely broad and that's part of the game that is being played here. The, the dog whistle is conversion therapy. Nobody practices that, nobody believes it, it's barbaric. But right. the definition is so broad that it would include anybody using the word. So that's what the city council is saying. Right. We will not allow you to use the word of God with children. We are gonna prevent children from hearing the gospel. That's where we are. All right, Pastor Steve, we're up against a break. Uh, can you hold on for uh, just a couple of minutes? Because I, I want you to be able to to share with our listeners, with a lot of listeners in Indiana, um, what steps they can do to help you and the churches in West Lafayette, Indiana. So stick with us, will you? And folks, I want to encourage you to stick with us as well. Also, on the other side of the break, we're going to be joined by Dr. Al Moeller. We're going to be talking about this as well and the threat to biblical Christianity that we're seeing here in our own country. That's next here on Washington Watch. Don't go away. Do you want to be able to stay up to date on conservative news? Are you looking for Christian resources to help you stay politically engaged? Then download Family Research Council's Stand Firm app. With all of our content available at your fingertips, you will conveniently be able to stay up to date throughout your busy day. The Stand Firm app will give you access to a variety of resources, such as our most recent episodes of Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, tweets and other social media posts, and our latest blogs, updates, and publications. Additionally, you will have the opportunity to take action and make your voice heard by contacting your elected officials on the issues that most concern you. Visit the App Store on your smartphone or mobile device and search Stand Firm to download Family Research Council's official Stand Firm app. What is religious liberty and why should you care about it? Simply put, religious liberty is the freedom to choose your religious beliefs and to live according to those beliefs. Why should we care about this freedom? At Family Research Council, we care about religious freedom because we believe that it is an inherent human right that all governments have an obligation to protect. Tragically, not all governments do. Religious persecution is a tragic reality around the world that is not often acknowledged by the media, even though attacks on people of all faiths continue to increase globally. 
In Scripture, God calls Christians to pray and care for the persecuted church, the downtrodden, and those who cannot help themselves. Therefore, we must be advocates for those persecuted for their faith. To access Family Research Council's latest resources and to learn more about religious freedom and what you can do to help the persecuted, go to frc.org slash religious liberty. Attention university students. Are you looking for an internship that will help you grow as a Christian leader and allow you to positively influence the culture? Then Family Research Council's internship program is for you. FRC's life-changing 12- to 15-week internship program will prepare and equip you for the next step in your professional journey. You'll enjoy a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training. All of these offerings were created to aid you in your personal and professional development. As an intern, you will have the opportunity to work side-by-side with our experts in policy, communications, event planning, and more. The real-world experience you gain will prepare you to pursue a career of influence and make a difference wherever God calls you. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. I'm Tony Perkins, and this is Washington Watch. Right, uh, we've been talking with Pastor Steve Viers, uh, of He's the senior pastor of Faith Church in West Lafayette, Indiana. Talking about Proposed Ordinance 3121. This uh, prohibits unlicensed persons from practicing conversion therapy. Now, it's in the definition, as Pastor Steve was saying, that doesn't happen. This is that's old stuff, but it 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 conjures up these images. Uh, but here's what's included, and I'm quoting from the statute: any practices or treatments that seek to change an individual's sexual orientation or gender identity, including efforts to change gender expressions or to eliminate or reduce sexual or romantic attractions or feelings toward individuals of the same gender. This is maniacal. This is so evil. But in addition to wanting to entrap these individuals into a destructive path, they want to make sure that the last obstacle to their agenda is removed, and that is biblical truth. That's the last bastion of hope for many, is a church that will preach the Word of God. Uh, with us now is uh, Dr. Steve Viers, Senior Pastor of Faith Church in West Lafayette. Pastor Steve, thanks for uh, sticking around through the break. Um, when are you anticipating this coming back up before the city council? February 7th is the next meeting that they have planned. What kind of response have they gotten from the community surrounding this ordinance? Well, we've put together a website called freedomlafayette.org. It has a petition, been up about a week. It has over 9,000 signatures. There's a very simple way to send auto-generated emails to our city council members, asking them not to pass it. Um, they've received well over 5,000 emails from concerned citizens in the last seven days. And this isn't just a Lafayette issue. I, I would encourage your listeners, regardless of where they live, to hop on that website, um, sign the petition, send the emails, because the truth of the matter is, Tony, this is coming to a theater near you. And so as far as we can tell, this is only the second time 
that an ordinance has been um, attempted with non-licensed counselors. That's the right. key issue. And it would be best to get this stopped now and get it stopped strongly. And, and we're not mad. We're taking a positive stand for the word of God, a positive stand for the power of the gospel, a positive stand for parents' rights, a positive stand for, for what God's word can do in each one of our lives. Without question, if the church won't do that, who will? Absolutely. And it's love. We're, we're not in any way hating anyone. And even those who choose to reject the word of God, we're going to do everything as a church and as individuals to love them. However, for those who want to voluntarily come and hear what the word of God has to say about their life, it's outrageous that the government would penalize us a thousand dollars a day if we dare do that. And I had to say to the city council, I, I love you folks, but we already have a God and it's not you. And so what that means is if you enact this ordinance, we're going to seek to violate it every day and hopefully before breakfast. And we're also short on cash. So I don't have a thousand dollars. And so you're going to have to figure out what you're going to do with people who are not ashamed of the gospel. And again, I'm not saying that with a sneer on my voice. I'm just saying you're not going to intimidate us out of proclaiming the word of God. Well, Pastor Steve, I, I am with you and I, I've you know, we're watching across the country looking for these situations where, you know, I, I don't like it when Christians, you know, kind of have a Jesus chip on their shoulder and they're looking for a fight. You guys were just doing the ministry and they came after you. And, you know, we have to stand for the truth. As I said, if the church won't do it, there's no hope for those in the community that are struggling with these issues. And it's not just these issues. It's so many other issues that people need the Word of God to speak into their lives. So again, give me, give us that uh, website, Pastor Steve. FreedomLafayette.org. And I would love it if as many people as possible could sign that petition, send those emails, share out the articles, just get the word out about a positive opportunity to stand for truth. We absolutely will we'll encourage our listeners and viewers across the country to do that. And we will be watching this very closely, and we look forward to having you back on uh, once this goes before the city council again to give us an update. Thank you, Tony. All right. Pastor Steve Myers from West Lafayette, uh, Indiana. Well, as uh, Pastor Steve shared, uh, an ordinance like this is uh, is not— it's not going to be isolated to one area. It's coming to an area near you and, and maybe already in the works. Uh, joining me now to talk about the bigger picture here and uh, what Christians should make of all this, how we need to be prepared and how we need to respond is Dr. Al Moeller, president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and author of The Gathering Storm, Secularism, Culture, and the Church. Dr. Moeller, welcome back to Washington Watch. Always great to see you. Tony, as always, it's good to be with you, and what an important conversation here. Well, you've been tracking this. You've got your finger on it. You know, I've been warning pastors and churches for almost two decades uh, since Massachusetts redefined marriage that this was coming and that this was not a political issue, that it at its heart was a spiritual issue. We're now seeing that front and center with what happened in Canada, uh, where legislation has been passed there and now is in effect. We see this in West Lafayette, Indiana. Um, what are we to make of this? Well, you're, uh, you're right. This goes back to the fundamental attempt to try to change the culture. And by the way, one of the members of the city government there in West Lafayette said explicitly, and I'll just quote her here, she said, ordinances and resolutions like this are intended to change the culture, 
That's exactly what this is about. And it's really about the fact that there's this inevitable collision between biblical truth and the sexual revolution. You can have one or the other. You, you, you cannot have both. And, and so those who are trying to press this social and uh, sexual revolution, and they've been stunningly successful, of course, they now just have to come right out and marginalize, if not criminalize, Christianity. And as much as I think you've been talking about this and, and I've been talking about this and others, I think the average American Christian has kind of suspected that was uh, that was uh, overspeak, that that was scare talk. Well, here we are. And, and we know this is not Berkeley, California. This is right. West Lafayette, Indiana. If this can happen in Indiana, it can happen in Birmingham. It, it, it can happen in, anywhere. Well, Dr. Moeller, before we jump to the pew, I want to go to the pulpit because a lot of pastors, and, and, and believe me, I am a champion of pastors, so grateful for pastors, but a lot of pastors said, you know, I just want to preach the gospel. I don't want to get involved in those political issues. Look, preaching the gospel is now being deemed offensive. No, absolutely. And you know what's offensive is that uh, that we are diagnosed as sinners and that God, our creator, has the authority and the sovereign right to say what is sin and uh, what violates his law, what violates creation order. And uh, and then, of course, the, the key verse of Christianity is for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him might not perish but have everlasting life. There isn't a word of scripture which rightly understood doesn't directly contradict the wisdom of the age. And uh, the sexual revolution issues, LGBTQ+, they are right now the frontline collision between biblical truth and, uh, and, and biblical Christianity on one side, and uh, the powers that be, Hollywood, the cultural creatives, the, uh, the world of higher education. And, and so, you know, a part of what's going on here is the fact that this kind of legislation is, is presented as high-minded protection of people. Um, when you look at it more closely, it's it's a blatant attempt to shut down the church. And at least some of the people behind this this kind of ordinance or legislation are right up front about the fact that that's exactly what it is. And and you're right. There are too many pastors, frankly, who aren't saying enough to get in trouble with such a law like this. Their their counseling ministry is uh, is far too um, ambiguous, far not sufficiently biblical. And uh, this will get you into trouble. But these days, if you're not in trouble, you're not preaching the truth. Well, and that's, I mean, look, the news is getting tighter. I mean, some would say, well, we don't have a counseling ministry at our church. This isn't going to affect us. But simply preaching the Word of God. Now, we've seen this in California, where California, of course, it's, uh, it, it, it failed in their legislative attempt there to essentially the Bible would have been banned under, uh, you know, a, a certain interpretation of the legislation they were passing there. So there is no safe place for the truth in America anymore. You're going to have to stand up and defend it. No, that's absolutely right. And, uh, you know, we've seen this throughout different points in church history. The, the word unpreached uh, is, uh, is one of the greatest scandals uh, of, of the ministry. And by the way, thanks be to God for Faith Church and West Lafayette and pastors like Steve Byers, who are who are actually uh, just preaching, just counseling from the Word of God? And by the way, I'm a huge counseling, biblical counseling yes. champion, and uh, that that's also something else. Some of what's called Christian counseling will get you into no trouble at all because there's no Christianity in much of it. But uh, biblical counsel is scriptural counsel based upon the authority of the Word of God. But Tony, to get to your point, if this counseling is banned, then the preaching in the pulpit is banned because all biblical counseling is is the person-to-person -person application of the Word of God is preached. 
And so, you know, the, the preacher who thinks, I don't have a counseling ministry, so I'm not going to be in trouble. Um, if he's preaching the word in the pulpit, they're going to come after him as well. And by the way, uh, the, 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 the statement that was made by Pastor Viers is absolutely true. This would criminalize a conversation between Christian parents and their own children insofar as the, those parents uh, uh, both teach and, uh, and expect and apply biblical truth. Okay, Dr. Moeller, help us out here, because I, I, I think you and I, while people may not see us this way, I think we're cut from the same cloth. Uh, I don't like confrontation. I'm with most Christians. I'm I'm a law and order guy. My background's a police officer. Uh, I, I'm a rule follower. Uh, and, you know, I, I grew up that way. And as a Christian, I've kind of been the same way. I mean, I want to be a, I want to be a law abiding uh, citizen. But when I'm when I'm thrust between these two things of, of, of abiding by a man made law that is in contradiction with the never-changing law of God, how do I deal with that? Well, Tony, I understand exactly what you mean. You know, as a boy growing up uh, with Christian parents and in a Christian church, I heard about Daniel. I heard about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I thought, well, you know, this isn't Babylon. Um, I'm not facing Nebuchadnezzar, probably never will in my lifetime. Well, we are now. Uh, and, And by the way, evangelical Christians understood the threat of totalitarianism and uh, the atheistic state, what evangelical Christians had uh, insufficiently taken into account is the power of a hostile culture and a culture that will undermine Christianity. And so, you know, I just have to think we, we have to have the same kind of courage. And, and look, the apostles in Acts chapter 4 basically said to the Sanhedrin, you know, uh, as, to, uh, as to whether or not you'll punish us for what we do, we're going to preach the gospel, we're going to preach Christ. And um, that, that's got to be our absolute pledge and determination. We're going to preach the Word of God in season and out of season, in jail or out of jail. Well, and in, in by, by preaching the gospel, you're also saying living the gospel. So that's not just to the pulpits, right. that's to the pews. As followers of Jesus Christ, I think we're at a point, and, I, and we can't wait, because if we wait until the moment is upon us, it'll be too late. But I believe believers, followers of true followers of Jesus Christ, need to make that decision now whether or not they're going to obey God or man when ordinances and policies in the workplace like this come to them. You know, Tony, I was just reading in the last few weeks uh, about Christians in in Germany uh, during the period just before the rise of the Third Reich and and then in the early years of of Nazi Germany. And, you know, there were some pastors who came to, uh, to, to courage, to biblical courage, to confront the Nazi regime. But there were churches that were surprised when their pastor said, you can't serve Hitler and Christ. You know, I, I'm worried that they're going to be evangelical pastors. They're going to wake up too late. And, and by the time they preach the word and, and make very clear that the gospel is at stake here, because, by the way, if you can't preach what the Bible says is sin is sin, then you are not able to preach the gospel in, in the way that uh, the, the New Testament makes very clear. Uh it should be to our shame if the people in our churches say, wait just a minute, you say there's a problem? I think if, as believers, we make that decision now, we wake up to the reality of what is happening in the world around us, and it's now come across our borders, and it's happening right here in the heartland. If we make that decision, I think, I believe there's still time to, uh, to hold off 
you know, being overrun by this secular, godless culture. But we don't have a lot of time. No, I'm a classical conservative, uh, you know, Tony. And and that means that uh, we understand that sometimes buying time is a godly thing. Uh, So uh, fighting this is exactly right. Uh, Doing what Pastor Viers and uh, Faith Church are doing is exactly right. Rising up as Christians, voting, contending in the public square is exactly right. And uh, we we may not win some short-term victories, but you know what? Uh, we must honor Christ yes. in all this. I'm thankful for the fact you're talking about this so boldly, and and uh, we've got to get more Christians uh, talking about this, and frankly, talking about it in public, talking about it, taking a risk. Right. If preaching about it from our pulpits, praying about it uh, in our communities. Uh, we need to first bathe these issues in prayer so we have the heart and attitude of God and then stand resolutely, just as you said, like Daniel and the others who have uh, stood for the faith that have gone before us. Dr. Al Mohler, always great to have you on. I uh, so appreciate your clear biblical approach to the issues. Well, thank you, Tony. Thankful for your work and uh, the Femi Research Council. Press on. We've got a lot of work to do. I'm sure. We are going to keep standing, I can assure you. And folks, I want to encourage you, uh, take those action steps that Pastor Steve asked you. Go to the website, go to TonyPerkins.com. You can follow the links over. No matter where you are, go ahead and send that petition in. But also be watching, because these types of ordinances are coming to your state. They're coming to your city council. We've got to be vigilant. We've got to be about the work of God. But we've got to hold off those who want to take away our ability to live out our faith. All right, I leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul, found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 